Hello, hello, hello. So, the big reveal. The bit that I've been working on so hard with clients on for the last little while, which I'm very excited to release, which is the launch of the brand new up-to-date female follow-up program. So what makes this so, so different compared to anything else that you see out there from other coaches, other people? This has actually been created by clients. So... I spoke to a number of my one-to-one clients and my group coaching clients in the last little while and I sat down with them and had a meeting with them and had a call with them and kind of asked them what would they need or what did they want at the very beginning that they potentially didn't see from anyone else. So what they've gone and done in the background is they've created add-ons to what I already do. So if you're someone who's looking to finally lose all that weight, keep it off, banish the belly, understand that you can have your weekends have your drinks away have your meals away have your drinks out with the girls or the lads whatever it may be and break that all or nothing mindset so most approaches that you go for it all seems very very doable for the first few weeks and then you stop the wheels come off you start off very very confident and then something happens life ramps up one of the kids gets sick and then you're staring back at you and looking in the mirror again and you're looking at yourself putting yourself down you look at you start to pinch you start to look at everything else and you're looking for someone to aid you. You're looking for someone to guide you. But nothing ever happens. The scales never budge. You are losing confidence. You're losing motivation. You're losing determination. You get frustrated. You end up pressing the fuck up button, getting a takeaway, having a few drinks, eating more than you maybe need to. You decide to sit down and have a Netflix marathon and you end up getting about 1,200 steps in your day. You end up picking more food because you don't know how to deal with your emotions. You let things slide over a week or two and then you're back up into your old thing. You repeat that cycle over and over again and you're lost. You don't know what to do. You've tried everything. You've tried clean eating. You've tried low carb. You've tried fasting diets. You've tried keto. You've tried cutting out chocolate. You've tried every, you've tried every single insane thing that you've ever done. But this program is going to be different. This is now eight weeks of coaching where you get weekly check-ins. You have weekly lives with me on a Facebook group. You get your tailored calories. You've gym or home workouts. You are able to do this at any age. The workouts take anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how quick you are doing them. It doesn't mean that you have to do endless amounts of prep. The simple thing that we focus on at the very beginning of each week is, have you got a shop in? That's easy. It doesn't mean endless amounts of cardio. It doesn't mean that you're cutting at any food group. It means that you're able to have chocolate and carbs every single day. You're getting rid of food fear. You're getting rid of that all or nothing mindset. And the biggest thing that I would say is that is the feedback that is coming back from the current female fat loss group and the current one-to-one clients. It's losing that food fear. It's losing that fear of undoing anything. It's losing that all or nothing mindset. So it can be done. Once you let go of that fear, life changes. Your mindset changes dropping restriction dropping those food rules that's what this program is for my job with this program is to make sure this is the last program you ever do that you are in a place that i'm going to give you all the secrets and the tips that you're able to go off on your own by at the end of it so what does it involve it involves you clicking on the button into in the show notes to book on your priority place it's eight weeks of coaching for 99 euro the old package was six weeks of coaching for 169. I brought it down for eight weeks coaching, so I've added another two weeks on for 99 euro. That's one euro 70 a day. 
that is half your cup of coffee if you live in Dublin or one of those fancy cities of your cup of coffee a day. It's one euro seventy. It's not a whole lot to get life-changing results, a life-changing mindset that's going to add to your life and the people around you. So if you're ready, click on the link below, book your spot. As soon as that number, as soon as the number gets hit on the amount of people that sign up, that link will shut down and you won't be able to come in. It starts on the 10th of April. So if you have a holiday, if you have something coming up in the summer, like getting married, it's perfect for you. It will get you the results that you can actually keep and maintain. There's recipe books, there's workouts, there's lives, there's Q&As with me, and there's weekly check-ins for accountability. And there's a like-minded group of a Facebook group that you can share things with, and everyone supports everyone. You don't have to share if you don't want, but you can if you want. It's support that a lot of people want. It's getting away from that all-or-nothing mindset, and that's what this is for. So if you're interested in working with me in the Female Fat Loss Program, starts on the 10th of April, 2023, 99 euro for, for eight weeks, which is year, 1 euro 70 a day. I'm keeping, it, I'm keeping it cheap and cheerful so everyone can join. So if you're interested, click on the link below, and I'm looking forward to working with you on the 10th of April. Hey everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Podcast. So thank you to everyone who has listened. Thank you so much to everyone who has downloaded an episode, shared it amongst friends, whatever it may be. And today's episode is going to be a solo episode based off a few questions that came in on the most recent Female Fat Loss Program, which literally just finished this week. And the results, the mindset changes have been absolutely amazing. So if you're looking to move into the next one, which starts on the 10th of April, this week is going to be your last week to sign up. The numbers, the interest have literally been, I haven't been able to get out of DMs and emails over the last kind of couple of weeks since it's launched. It's not a surprise because it's it's a program that everyone will learn from, but it's also because of the price point, which is at 99 euro for eight weeks, which works at about one euro 70 a day, which is mental. And I hope that if you are joined, I'm looking forward to working with you. And if you are thinking about joining, just press the link in the show notes. So today's episode is going to be on something that I don't think a lot of people realize from just being busy all the time. And it's in relation to a thing called decision fatigue. And I'm going to talk about what it actually is and why it can sometimes not help us in the way that we want to get the results, whether that be muscle gain, whether that be fat loss, whether that be just eating healthier or whatever it may be. So if you think about it, how many decisions are you actually making in a day? Is it 20? Is it 50? Is it 100? Some research would say that they estimate that the people make about 266 decisions each day on food alone. So that's a mad number if you think about it. And that surprises you. It surprised me when I researched it a little bit more. And then your mind will be blown when you learn how many decisions you actually make in a total of each day, and that's 35,000. The average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. And research shows that the more decisions we have to make, the poorer our choices actually become. And this is what's known as decision fatigue. So we need to think about now what actually is decision fatigue. So if I can put it in quite simple words, Decision fatigue is the deterioration of our actual ability to make good decisions. Needing to make endless decisions throughout the day leaves you feeling stressed, overwhelmed, burned out, incapable of actually making educated, rational or research-backed decisions. 
And I think two or three of those words are going to land, which is feeling stressed, overwhelmed, and rational. When we get tired, we tend to go for our lowest form of training, which is just going for the quick fix. Or if we haven't slept, we just drop things that haven't that have been working for us. Or if life gets really, really stressful, we tend to get overwhelmed because we're trying to do everything that we had been doing. When instead we take, rather than taking a step back and saying, "Right, what can I do?" We focus too much on what should we be doing, but we don't focus enough on what we can be doing. So the longer you have to make these decisions, or the more decisions you have to make, the more fatigued you actually become. And every decision you're required to make eats into your actual willpower. And if you've heard about me talking about willpower before, willpower is a finite resource. It goes up and down with your mood. And eventually you'll reach a point where you'll be making poor decisions or avoid making them altogether. Because your brain will take a logical shortcut to, to help you to make them. And even if these decisions and results can result in poorer choices. And this is because the brain's overriding goal is to cope with the number of decisions you have to make. Your brain is looking for their easiest route every time. Which is not a bad thing. It's trying to protect your energy. It's trying to protect all your all these different things for you. And one of the biggest things that contributes to decision fatigue is following diets. And this is where the ears will prick up for some people. The extension of food rules, an endless list of foods that you're not allowed to have, mean that you're always trying to make decisions about what to eat. This impacts your willpower even further and causes you to make decisions that only sab- not only sabotage your results, but also can impact on your well-being, your self-worth, your self-esteem, and they can... They can rule you for a very, very long time and food will be in control. So how do we actually make decisions? So we make decisions in all kinds of ways and not all of them are positive. So some of the ways that we can be done is like prioritizing and reflecting. So this is probably the best way to make decisions because it involves putting the most energy, thought and effort into the decisions that have the greatest impact on your life. The next one will be balancing. And this involves weighing up all options, carefully considering them, and then deciding on the best course of action. However, there's always a risk that this is this way of decision-making will lead to overthinking, overwhelm, and procrastination. Delegating. Delegating decisions means you get someone else to make the decision for you. You're asking everyone for their opinion on something, and then you're waiting for them to actually press the button on things rather than you saying and going with your gut. The next one is complying. This is when you choose the most popular opinion, even if it's not something you want to do for yourself. You go against what actually you want to do, and that leads into kind of that people-pleasing element side of things. Impulsive, making impulsive decisions, choosing involves kind of choosing the first option you're presented with and not giving a second thought. So you're kind of more irrational. You jump on things. You're you're given one option, you're like, no, I'm gonna go for that, rather than taking a seat back, a step back, maybe sleeping on it and kind of going for it again. And I think the one that a lot of people struggle with is avoidance. And this occurs when you don't want to or you're too overwhelmed to make a decision. So you avoid making one. The trouble is avoiding a decision still results in making you a choice of sorts, which is not doing anything about it. So prioritizing reflecting is probably the best way, and probably avoidance or impulsivity is probably the ones that are not the greatest ones for you. So to understand how these actual decision-making strategies work, we need to look at how people will go and make those decisions for what to have for dinner. Because if you think about it, 
Dinner is one of those that a lot of people will ask me, particularly when clients start with me first, like, well, what should I be having for dinner? It's like, well, what do you want to have for dinner? Like, my job isn't to tell you what to eat because that isn't going to work. You, The biggest thing for me with my clients is, whether in the group setting or the one-to-one, is for them to have the control of the food, but also to make sure that they're making decisions that suit their lives. My job, our life is hard enough without me coming along and rerouting your whole life and uprooting your whole life. That's not my job. My job is to add to your life. So if I'm seeing that you're having maybe one meal a day and then you're overeating in the evening, well, then I'll be like, well, why don't we add in more regular meal times into your day? Why don't we just do a little bit more prep? Why don't we do a food shop? So adding things in, I'm not saying to take out carbs. I'm not taking take out fats. And some people can't accept that. Some people really struggle with that. It's like, I thought you were going to give out or I thought that you were going to take all these favorite foods away from me. It's like, no, that hasn't worked for you. So why would I continue to do that? And then the penny drops. It's like, yeah, that every single time I've tried to do something, it's involved restriction. It's involved some sort of misery. So to understand these decisions and how to make them work, we need to look at something that we do on a daily basis, which is have dinner. So I'm gonna link in with prioritizing and reflecting. So you have you've made you make a decision based on your health and your fitness goals. So the health needs of your family and the time you have to prepare a meal. So the decision is made ahead of time and when you are able to think clearly. And this will usually result in you cooking a simple, family friendly, healthy meal that takes no more than thirty minutes to prepare. This is a big thing. If you do a shop on a Saturday or Sunday for your week, you'll be able to plan out in your head what you're roughly going to have. The second one is a lot of people think that they have kids that have to cook a separate meal for them. You do not. You're making life harder for you. Yes, you may have a fussy eater. I do get that. But the vast majority of people will be able to make something like a lasagna or a spaghetti bolognese or something like that or a chicken curry that they'll be able to have at home that everyone will enjoy, that they'll be actually able to potentially have leftovers the next day, thus reducing decision fatigue again. Balancing. This may involve thinking about dozens of different options throughout your day, having not even done a shop and you're thinking, right, I'm leaving it up to my mood and you're not going to be able to make a solid decision because you're worried that someone in the family won't be happy with the meal you cook. Or you become overwhelmed with all the choices available. You're caring too many, too much of what everyone else wants and actually not looking at what you want. Your needs are not being met. If you're the person that's cooking the dinner, what do you want to have? I can I can put I will put my hands up if if you put that plate up in front of someone and they don't eat it. Particularly lads. Lads will eat whatever's in front of them. And sometimes it can become a little bit overwhelming with all the choices available. But if you sat down on a Sunday or a Saturday and actually did a food shop to get you through till Wednesday or Thursday, you will know what you're having for the rest of the week. Thus, you know when that won't lead to your mood. You could buy, one of the things that I try to do is I'll buy the generic meals of like prawns, I'll buy like chicken, um, I'll buy cod or I'll buy salmon or I'll buy mince, whatever it may be. And then I'll just buy like loads and loads of veggies. And then I'll buy loads and like, I'll buy some carbohydrate sources. And then at least then I know the rest of the ingredients are there. And I have two or three meals in my head for each of those meals or ingredients. That way I can go, right, I know which one of these three that I'm having. So I have a safety net, which I'm going to go for. It doesn't matter what my mood is up for. I'll always, Monday to Thursday and Monday to Friday, because I have matches on Saturday, I need to have my nutrition on point on point means 
that it's in line with what I want to do, which is before getting enough protein, having enough energy, getting enough fiber, those different types of things. But most people will go into their weeks completely winging it, having no plan or no strategy. They become overwhelmed by the whole thing and then they wonder why things aren't going well for them. Sometimes you can ask your partner to delegate and ask them to organize dinner. They're less likely to organize something that may not fully align with what you're doing or that you want on your health and fitness goals, but it could relieve some pressure from you. You could ask your partner to do the shopping. That could also help you, but that's letting go of control for you, and you need to accept that as well. Complying. You haven't organized dinner, and you're really too tired to be bothered. The kids decide they want pizza, so you agree, even though it's not something that you want to eat yourself. There's nothing wrong with the pizza. But if it's happening two, three times a week, is it really aligning with what you want to go or where you want to go with your results? Maybe not. But if we take it on a weekly calorie average, which I'm trying to encourage clients to take now and have been for a very, very long time, if we take your... One meal cannot derail anyone. That's up to the individual. That one meal doesn't derail people. It's what they do before and it's what they do after that derails people. People need to accept that. But if someone with the kids want a pizza and you just literally couldn't be bothered, if you have something in the freeze that you could go for, maybe you could go and see if there's like Camille or something like that that you could go for, or else you could have a pizza and maybe share it with someone rather than having the whole thing. It could be done that way. The impulsive side of things, you decide on the way home that you really like a burger. So you head to the nearest drive-thru and buy burgers, fries, chips or whatever they're called for the whole family there's nothing wrong with this but this once again if this is happening two three four times a week well then is it really aligning with what you want to go avoidance it's been a long day and you're tired you're cranky you're stressed and you've no idea what you want for dinner so you pour yourself a glass of wine or a beer and then you spend the night snacking or whatever you find the house so as you can see the decision about what to have for dinner can lead down many many different paths and not all of them support your goal of long-term success with your fat loss goal. So what decisions do we actually make? So deciding on what to eat each day doesn't involve dinner. We eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks in between, and sometimes even dessert. And we wonder whether we should have wine or water, beer or soft drink, or nothing at all. We question whether we should have dessert, if so, what, and then that's a decision about what time to eat. But our lives are not only concerned with making decisions about food, Other common decisions we make include where to live, where to send the kids to school, what to wear each day, what to watch on TV, which route to take to work, what you listen to on the way to work, when to exercise, when to do the shopping, what to buy at the shops, when to clean the house, you'll wash the car, what are the plans for the weekend, who you'll spend time with, who will drive the kids to their events, what movie you'll get, who will let the kids to the party, what you'll eat for lunch, what time you'll go to bed, what time to do, what time will you do for the next day, whether you should apply for a new job, career, money, finances, whether you take a holiday, whether you should start your own business, all these different things. And that's an exhaustive list. They're the ones that come off my head straight away. This isn't an exhaustive list, but we make all the time. But it gives you some idea on why we can easily, easily become fatigued when it comes to decision making. Then we look about how can it actually impact your weight and your fat loss goals. It can really impact, can have a significant impact on your weight because you'll end up making decisions that won't necessarily line up with your goals 
and will be more in line with what your mood is. So when people are saying that they're, they're, they have they weren't motivated to do a walk, that just means they probably had a shit day at work and they don't want to do anything. But is that really is maybe that's what they need to sit on the couch? Ah, that's cool. But have you if you look at well if you sit on the couch, how more likely are you actually going to eat? Are you going to nibble throughout the night? And that could be adding up into calories. So these decisions add up and add up and add up into small little things. But those small little things are going to lead you away from your goal. Just like if you went for that walk, you could say, right, now I'm in a better mood. So maybe I'm just going to cook a better meal for myself. And if I'm still hungry afterwards, I will have that. Or else I'll go to bed early. And it will reduce the likelihood of you picking. So see how there was two thought processes there. Neither is wrong, neither is is right. It's more aligned with what your goal is. So with food and nutrition, in the example that I mentioned a, a moment ago, when we looked at that, the decisions involved what to eat for dinner, you can ultimately hear and see how not being able to make a well-considered rational decision leads you to making poorer choices. And you can imagine how the effect of doing this and building up over every day or even several weeks at a time will compound over time. And this is really, really common for people who can struggle with weight and can struggle with their goals. So I think it's really, really important. If you look at the exercise, we all know that regular exercise is important. However, waking up every day and trying to decide what you're going to fit, where, what you're going to fit into, can make it be very difficult for some people, and can be very difficult to be consistent with, or where you're going to fit in that workout. But this is what a lot of people do. They wake up, look at the schedule, see where they could squeeze in their workout, only to realize that they're too busy to get it actually done. Or they pencil in a session at the end of the day, they decide that they don't feel like exercising and don't do it. So they leave it up to chance. It's kind of like they're putting something into the calendar half arsed. So when they don't do it, it's half arsed. Like I'm literally back from the gym. I didn't really want to go. I'm still a little bit sore after my match on Saturday. Didn't really want to go, but I went because I had it booked into my calendar. I have the three days a week, same times, three days a week. No matter what comes up, I can say no to things. And I know that whatever, even if my mood isn't up for it, I'm going. Just even if it's like a crap, even if it's a crap workout for 10, 15 minutes, and I'm okay with that if and I'm prepared, but it rarely happens that way. But I needed to do something that was going to bring me closer to where I want to go. And that rex- that regular exercise built up over time will become a habit. But most people are putting it into their calendar with the realization in their head or a thought process in their head of, I'm not really going to do this anyway. So I'm just going to put it in here for the sake of it. Once again, it comes down to your plan. It comes down to are your actions aligned with where you want to go. It's the hardest part for people to hear is like, have you actually got a plan? Or are you winging it? People become overwhelmed because they wing it. Overwhelm means lost sight of a goal. People try to change everything and end up changing nothing because they have nothing planned. I'm not saying you have to be military operation, but if you have your workouts planned and your food shop planned, there's two things that you can easily do that will bring you closer to your goal. It will reduce the decision fatigue And it will also increase your energy, increase your mood, increase your motivation. 
Because motivation comes from action, not the other way around. And it will also reduce your stress levels. Because you can't avoid making decisions forever. But having to make too many or using your energy to make really, really important ones depletes you and leaves you feeling very, very stressed, overwhelmed and burnt out. And as we know, stress is, 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 can drive an awful lot of habits. Some people don't eat when they get stressed. Some people overeat when they get stressed. And it's really, really important that like stress cannot be avoided at some times. I 100% get that. But at the same time, what can you do on those weeks where life ramps up? A lot of people will just stop doing everything that works for them when life ramps up. And they're the people who will struggle. The people who will, because they're comparing their perfect weeks to their not so perfect weeks. But if you aim for good enough, I don't know anyone who has worked with me for say six months that hasn't had some life event ramp up or work travel or a stag or a hen or a birthday or a kid gets sick, whatever it may be. Something will always crop up. And maybe it's taking a step back and say, right, what action can I take this week that will help me? That could simply be doing a food shop. If you tick that, that's keeping you and your nutrition on point. Maybe your exercise is, is parked. Okay, so can I do a 20-minute workout at home while the kids are asleep? Maybe. Or could you go for a walk? Or could you ask your partner to mind the kids? People-pleasing. As we've seen many times, one of the, the ways we make decisions, usually suffer from decision fatigue, is to comply. In other words, it's doing what others want us to do, which is people-pleasing. If you want... If you, if you happen to want to do what other people do, that's fine. That's cool. If you want to live everyone else's life, that's cool. But if decision fatigue is causing you to go with the flow and keep others happy, you have a serious problem. You have a serious, serious problem. And that's, what that people-pleasing can do is it can knock out your self-worth and knock down your self-esteem. Because you're putting everyone else first. Your job isn't to put everyone else first. And the whole thing with identity comes into this. You identify as a people pleaser, so you'll continue to be a people pleaser. And the people pleasing thing is ironic because it's more about what you get out of it than the other person. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy. And that's coming from somewhere in your childhood. That you've learned that you need to put other people first or you've mimicked or you're you're benchmarking off your parents or aunties or uncles or siblings that in order for you to get attention or feel good, you need to do everything else for other people. So how do you actually avoid decision fatigue? Like it's impossible to make to avoid making all decisions. But you can take steps to avoid decision fatigue so you can get better results. So number one is structure your week. Structuring your week is and once you once people start to accept structuring their week helps them rather than keeping balance or keep fighting against it. A lot of people will fight against it and say, nah, I'm going to continue what to do what I'm doing. It's like, no, no, try and plan your week. Like, I know the next three weeks are mental. So I know that in the next three weeks, I have to be really, really rigid with my own time. And I know I have to be really, really rigid with my training. And I know when I have to do it. I know when my nutrition, when I'm eating, give or take half an hour. But I also know when I'm going for my walks. And I know when I'm taking more chill time for myself as well. So those things are booked in for myself. So I know when I can say yes or no to things. 
So structure your week. Book in your workouts. Most people think they need to be in the gym for an hour and a half. You don't. If you did three 30 minutes, three 30, 45 minutes sessions a week, you'll get better goals than you're getting currently rather than doing one, one hour and a half workout and never again. Make set time aside for cooking, maybe doing a food shop or set time for when you, if you have a home cooker or a slow cooker, should I say, or an air fryer, put stuff into that so you can leave that while you're off doing other things. Create a structure where you're actually going to bed on time. Eat at regular intervals. Book in your you time or a date night. Book in times on the Saturday and Sunday for yourself to unwind. Make time for the kids' activities. My guess is everyone else's schedule is booked, but yours isn't. The, and then you, we give out, you or you get annoyed when you're not getting closer to your goals. Like, well, nothing's planned for you. Many people have structure, think structure is limiting and it prevents people living free lives or whatever it may be. But it's doing the absolute opposite. It means that you will actually find time in your day instead of wasting it scrolling or going on social media, watching other people live their best lives, which is a highlight reel. But it also simplifies your life. You can have set times to do things. You're not leaving it up to your mood. So for example, if you decide to schedule your workouts first thing in the morning, and you do this three times a week, you won't, and you book that in, you do that the first week and you're feeling better for it, you have more energy, you're in better mood, you won't need to make a decision about when to fit in your exercise. It becomes a habit, it becomes a routine. Similarly, if you're going for a food shop on a Sunday, you know that the rest of your meals have two or three meals that you can go for, for with the ingredients that you've bought. Structuring the basics will lead to solid foundations and solid foundations lead to exceptional results. But most people want the exceptional results, but they're not ready or don't know how to get the habits. Some people could do better with kind of actually planning out some meals. Like what I said, if you look at your kind of like repertoire, I'm not a great cook. I'll hold my hands up with that because I haven't put enough time into it. But I have two or three meals for dinner that I can make out of chicken, mince, steak, whatever it may be. And I have all those ingredients that I can go for, right? Yoink, 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 yoink. And I can go for between one of those three for dinner, lunch that I can have. So it doesn't lead up to mood. I'm just going like, right, I know what I have all here. So these ingredients are going for this. And it eliminates the likelihood of inverted commas falling off the wagon. And human pe- human behavior, well, wagon's not a thing, but a human behavior dictates that we'll always eat the food that's readily available regardless of your intention and having kind of healthier habits or health, having healthier food inverted commas ready to go reduces that likelihood of making poor food choices which which can lead to you beating yourself up you're not going to get every meal planned that's me being 100 honest but if you can do it more often than you're not doing at the minute you'll be a further along way than you're going the one that's going to hurt people is set boundaries. It's a simple strategy. And it'll help to remove the need to make decisions all the time. We've already seen how many too many decisions lead to poor choices. Whoever actually setting boundaries or non-negotiable behaviours that you choose takes away the stress of constantly making decisions. The more you live by your boundaries, the more you'll help develop into habits. 
some of the boundaries that you could set is eat out once or twice a week one takeaway a week watch one hour of tv a night have a date night have your workouts between this time and this time visit family or friends at this time go to bed at the same time prioritizing sleep because if you're not sleeping your sleep deprivation can impact your decision making you'll be well rested you'll make better decisions and you'll be less impulsive and more complete and make better decisions that are aligned with your goal and most people need to gain momentum from early on in the day the longer that fatigue kicks in the longer you've been making the decisions so if you win the first meal by getting a normal decent breakfast in first thing in the uh, on a monday or tuesday whatever it may be you'll gain momentum but if you let that one meal slip generally some people are like ah oh, the whole day is gone so i might not try anymore well let me ask you this is that working for you no so what's going on it's not that all it's not you're not your it's it's not that you have an all or nothing mindset is your mindset is all or nothing two very very different things one's an identity so you'll act like that one is a choice one is a is a is a mindset that you've created so if you start off on the right footing and start to get momentum you'll start to believe that you'll you'll be you'll be more aligned with where you want to go so you need to look at creating some sort of structure for yourself set some boundaries do some meal prep or have two or three meals that you can cook get a shop in and get some sleep so hopefully that episode has helped you if it has tag share comment leave a review if you're interested in working with me in the female fat loss program which starts on the 10th of april there are two spaces left as before i went on they could easily be sold out by the time i go and check my emails but there's two spaces left so we'll be closing down today and this week the response has been beyond what i believed and i thank you to everyone who has signed up so if you're interested click on the link in the show notes and i will see you guys next week where we have a client episode and there's some mega guests coming on so i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and i will talk to you very very soon